What's up, y'all? Welcome to Eddie and Mike, the podcast. It's me, Mike. I'm here with my guy. Eddie P, what's going on? And I ain't going front, bro. I've been trying to celebrate in all week. <laughs> I've been celebrating. I got an uh, offer for a new job on Monday, so like I just been straight. And it just so happened I was off the following day. So like I just been straight celebrating. <laughs> like just straight celebrating. Um, should be starting that in a couple of weeks, but nevertheless, man, we're here to talk about some sports. Eddie, before we start, though, how you been, my guy? Uh, doing good. Uh, for those of you who don't know, my wife and I are expecting a little girl in late <laughs> March, early April. MJ Pickering will be here before you know it. Had the ultrasound today, so that was always cool. Other than that, man, just kind of trying to find that balance as a DC sports fan. You know, you got the Wizards and the Caps, and then you got the Washington football team, and they account for so much negativity, it outweighs the positive sometimes. Oh, boy, but I start out with the positive first. Um, Indeed. Good <laughs> news first, right? Right. And – Right now, I clown fans last week for celebrating or announcing the fact that the Wizards were first in the Eastern Conference. Seven days later, I mean, no, the, a day later, they went from first to like seventh or sixth or something like that. But um, since Wednesday, today's Friday, they've been in first place again. Um, they're tied with the Bulls. I think both teams are eight and three. And before I talk about the Wizards, it's wild that those are the two teams that's tied for first right now. Because if you would have asked me, or maybe we did talk about it entering the season, those were the two teams that was the highest or the, as far as their offseason moves. You could just tell that the Bulls were building something nice. Like, they have wings for oh, days. Yeah. Like, they're not just regular wings, but, like, super athletic wings, like, the defense, the perimeter defense with the Rosen, um, Lonzo Ball, and Levine, oh, it's everything I imagined. But it's the Wizards defense that's carrying them this year. Absolutely. And what you got to love, too, is it, it's, it just seems to be kind of almost like hockey substituting, if you will. We, we got a lot of guys coming in and out. We got guys playing tough. I think that's – I think people were doing the eye test, and I realize sometimes it's fool's gold when it happens early in the season. But the people you were saying that were too hyped on the Wiz, they probably saw the hustle, the defense, the commitment to winning, playing all the way to the end of the game. I mean, Mike, it's early, but all those things are happening, and we got key wins against teams like Celtics and the Hawks who were in the playoffs – we got a big win against the Milwaukee Bucks. I know our last game against the Cavs was, you know, maybe, oh, we should have won that game and it was tight. But, like, in a way, that's an achievement for me. Those games where maybe you should win, but you kind of stay in it and then make some clutch shots and come away with the win, those build character and, 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 and help build a team up too. So, that's, I'm all in. All in. Let's go back to the Cavs game. That was the last game that they played on Wednesday night. Go back, please. Um, I watched the game from start to finish, basically. Um, for real, the Cavs are going to be nice. They have a nice – They have a nice, young, solid core. Uh, what's his name? Ernie Bickerstaff. He seems like he's a good coach um, that's been waiting for opportunity. Mobley. That man, he's like 6'11 with a 7'4 wingspan. Like, he can get you outside with the jumper. He hit a couple of threes. Like, he was spearheading the Cavs yesterday. This is a um, ninth pick, I believe, for them. He was spearheading yeah. the Cavs. Real high pick. Um, like, they they were doing the Wizards in. But it's two players that was not going to lose that game on Wednesday night. Former Lakers. My trans Harold and Kyle Kuzma. It was a duo effort by those two. I think Kuz ended up with 22 and Harold had 24, 
I think, or maybe Kuz had 21. Nevertheless, like, Bill and Dinwiddie were struggling once again. Um, it turned out that Bill's grandma had passed um, before the game. So, first of all, my condolences to him and his family uh, for, the, for the loss of their patriarch. But also, um, yeah, you could just tell that he was off. I even posted in one of the sports groups, like, yo, look at these uh, stats. Bill was 0 for 10. Then when he was like 1 for 9. But as you as you know me or notice that when I usually post something, it's not what you see is not what, what I'm saying. It, there's something more to what I'm saying. And at that time, what I was trying to prove was that the, even though Dinwiddie and Bill had only combined for one for 19 or one for 16 or something like that, the Wizards was only down by like two. <laughs> like they were only down two. And so you could tell like eventually the shots will fall. And that's exactly what happened in the fourth. Dinwiddie and Bill finally started to score. A 10-point lead turned into like a four-point deficit. And then at the end, they just made plays. And we could we could talk all day about the players that they added and whatnot, but like I keep preaching, the real key here was the, the addition of Wes Unsell Jr. You have to see the diagram of the last play that he ran for um Kuz that hit the three-point shot. Everybody was focused on Bill when he was driving to the basket, but they kind of like – how can I say it? They use Bill as a decoy. The play was actually drawn, um, the drawn up for Kuzma and Caldwell Pope. Like they were wide open at the three point. When Bill passed it to Kuz and he hit the three for the um, lead late in the game. If I forgot who the point guard was. Um, I think Rubio was still in the game. Had Rubio like rotated a little bit more. All Kuzma would have had to do was swing it out to um, Codwell Pope, and he would have been able to hit it too. So that was just a great, great, like you said, gritty win that builds confidence for the fans and the teams and probably the entire organization that they can win games that they probably should have lost. Yeah, I believe you were talking about Ricky Rubio. So um, just just a, a, a lot to add, but just trying to be brief. So when I look at the minutes and I look at Beal and Dinwiddie logging 30 minutes, Beal with 37 to be specific, yeah, their points weren't there. But this is, again, what I'm talking about with Wes Unsell Jr. building a culture and getting people to buying in to team basketball and your value – on an let's call it an off night right like you're not performing well but that doesn't mean because you're not getting buckets that you can't draw some fouls that you can't get some rebounds some loose balls set up your teammates especially someone like Beal who's who's such an offensive player is going to draw attention easily could set guys up and let's look at the stats right seven assists seven rebounds that tells me he was playing because let's face it Beal's kind of like we, we give the ball to him to score. I'm not saying he doesn't do anything else. I'm not bad-mouthing him. I'm saying what we need from him is buckets mostly. But those stats, to me, reflect somebody who was trying to do what they could to help the team win. Same thing with Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie had 10 rebounds and six assists. Yeah, I was about to say, he was really close to having a triple-double. And you could tell watching the game, like you said, that even though the Bombers weren't scoring – Definitely wasn't like they weren't there. Like, they had an impact for real. Look, nobody should ever question whether or not Bradley Beal cares. Like, how many, like, terrible seasons has he had to go through? (laughs) Even when we had some talent around him, but they kept getting hurt, inconsistencies. I digress on that. So, we know he cares. But this now is is sort of – it's it's similar to the Caps when – when um, Trotz came in and got Ovechkin to buying into playing defense and being more of a team player, you know what I mean? That probably easiest analogy I could give you no disrespect to either one, obviously. And then uh, what you were saying earlier, Kuzma had 22 and Harold had 24. Uh, Kuzma had five rebounds. Harold had 11. And I would say, like you said, it was Kuz and Harold, but it was really Harold there for a little bit that kept them alive because the Cavs were on that Definitely. run up, 
Definitely early. Those rebounds, those those tough, those, you know, catch the offensive rebound, put it back, defensive rebound to, you know, get us the ball back, stop the scoring. Big time play. And another thing that was kind of cool, and I saw they mentioned this during the game. So we talk a lot about Wes Unsell Jr., you know, because of his dad. Well, J.B. Bickerstaff, his dad, also a player, Bernie Bickerstaff. So just kind of a cool thing. And apparently they were childhood friends. So I always love those cool little, like, nuggets of info. And you know it was a while. You know it was a while. I, uh, I actually I know more about Bickerstaff than I did once um, um, until – because Bickerstaff was our coach for a few years when I first started watching the Wizards. So I'm actually more familiar with um, the Bickerstaff story because of him being involved um, early in my life than I am Wes Unsell. But, um, yeah, man, like, it, I, I don't – when it comes to – I know we said it last episode, but when it comes to Kuzma, Harold, and Caldwell Pope, you can tell, like, you can really, really tell that they weren't having fun with the Lakers. They were probably playing hard. They were playing well, but basketball wasn't fun for them. I'm watching this dude, Montrez Hurl. My goodness. He's smiling the whole dang on game. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell he's loving this, not just because he's playing well, but he just really loves to play the game. And that's all we wanted. We just wanted ballers and somebody that can coach. That's all we wanted. We didn't care anything else about success or anything. We just wanted a chance in the fight. That's it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And sometimes a change change of scenery is uh, all you need. You know what I mean? Just just little minute changes could mean the world. What do you think of uh, CRISPR, though? I, I was kind of thinking to myself as we were talking – you know, typically your rookies, they're trying to get a feel and you're kind of more having that like, all right, don't mess this up kind of thing. Because he's right. actually kind of playing at key moments. You know, like he, his minutes are during valuable parts of the game, if that makes sense. And I got to be honest, like he's definitely not it, it, hes definitely not in a don't mess this up from everything I see him doing. Mm-hmm. I see him doing, he kind of plays like somebody who <laughs> has been there and he's actually got a little bit of size. Um yeah, I kind of – I'm kind of, like, positive about CRISPR because I, I wasn't happy we drafted him. I don't – I couldn't tell you exactly who I wanted. I couldn't even. <laughs> well, it's it's hard these days because you got overseas guys and, you know, college, the talents it's, – it's happening with football too. There's all these other schools that are popping up good because there's so many dudes that can ball. And so the talent's spread all around. So now it's it's hard to keep in track of everybody. So, but uh, yeah, I just want to throw that out there. You know, try to be I, positive. I like CRISPR, man. Um, when we drafted them, I wasn't like I didn't care. I'm not, I'm not going front. It was a mid round, first round pick. Like I didn't care. Like oh, we drafted somebody from Gonzaga again. Cool. <laughs> like okay, I didn't think he would um, contribute or whatever. But watching the tape. I mean, watching this highlight film when he was in college, you can see what type of player he could be. And so far, that is kind of what he's been in the NBA. He's a mid-range beast, pretty much. Like, if he gets if he gets the ball and he's open around that free throw line, that free throw elbow, the inside um, elbow, them, those are going in. <laughs> like, you leave him open at, the, at that spot, he's going in. I think he's right now a more consistent three-point shooter than Bertans. Might might not be better, but definitely more consistent. Bertans, he just – he's either really, really hot or he's really, really off. <laughs> like, there's no in-between. But speaking of that, Mama, um, well, b- before I go to that topic, um, I'm going to talk about my guy real quick. Denny Optia, man. For – he's still limited offensively. Like, when it comes to uh, um, producing points and, you know, being an offensive playmaker, he's still learning. But defensively, he has arrived. (laughs) 
<laughs> he has arrived. He did not shut the Greek down on Sunday, the Sunday pass when they beat the Bucks. He didn't shut him down. He definitely made things difficult for him. It was the hardest 28-point game um, Greek probably ever had in his career so far. Um, and the Wizards were. Like, they got stocks uh, late. So I'm really, really in love with this team. But, bruh, this is what I was about to say earlier. They don't have everybody yet. <laughs> like, yeah. arguably the two best front court players from um, the last couple of years haven't played yet. Thomas Bryant and Rui Hachimura, if you could bring those two back and have them perform anywhere near the level that they were performing before their injuries and um, departures, like, who knows what could happen with this team, but they're already deep. Like, they're already about seven, nine players deep right now. So you add two more utility pieces to this team, we might, I hate to say it because I don't want to jinx us or whatever, but if things stay well, we could get that 51 season that I've been hoping for. And the crazy part is that might not even get us in the top four, top five this season. Yeah, you know, it it's early, so we don't want to get carried away. But you, you, you get the feeling that if we can get some luck as far as guys avoiding major injuries and mm-hmm. such, then, um, yeah, you know, that having guys like Thomas Bryant and Rui Hachimura – get healthy and come available. That, that's a good problem to have with all those guys. I got to be honest. I kind of feel like the way Harold and Gafford and, and, and everybody, really everybody that we got, I, I can't really see. I mean, Rory, yes. Cause I saw his, his, his range develop a lot. He's young and athletic. So I want to, you know, kind of bring him back along into the mix, but you know, I wouldn't be mad if they, try to see what they could get, throw Bertans in there with Thomas Bryant because the way everybody else is playing. Now, I will say this about Bryant, um, Thomas Bryant, as far as him and Gafford. I don't think you can play Gafford and Harold at the same time. You can definitely play Bryant and Harold at the same time. Um, they probably would interchange the fast spot. Like, some possessions, Bryant might be the five. Some possessions, Earl might be the five. Um, five and they switch to the four or whatever. But, um, yeah, you can't do that with Gaffin and Harold. <laughs> like, they're going to switch and get that mismatch immediately. And um, that Gafford, that man is a beast. Like, as soon as he um, – Daniel Gafford, as soon as he, like, when things click for him, like, let's think of Rudy Gobert. Like yeah. when he when he actually learns how to anchor that five, the dude's gonna be a beast. He he's very athletic, um, but he just needs to like literally learn the game. And you know what? Being with somebody like Hurl, like playing against him and practice every day, get yeah. tips from him, it's gonna help. It's gonna help for sure, bro. I couldn't agree more. Uh, just kind of thinking, you know, we. It's like I said, a good problem to have, but you know, sometimes that can also kind of be a divider. People are unhappy with their playing time. And I kind of agree with you on Bertans being really hot and cold. I just kind of don't like the fact that it's almost like a hot potato thing. Like as soon as he catches it, he has to throw it oh, up. Oh yeah. When in fact he's such a known shooter, he could actually utilize the pump fake, dribble drive to the hole, like there he has other options. He was season. saying that last season, too, that he needs to um, dribble and penetrate more. And he's had some, like, kind of nice plays every right. now and again. He's, he's good he at it. The whole, like, he's big enough. Like, bro, you, I don't know if somebody needs to tell you, like, you got size. Like, you know, go hard, junkyard. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Great start to the season. Right, but, uh, man. We definitely will definitely talk about them throughout the year. So if we want to continue uh, some greatness talk, you know, without getting carried away, Capitals uh, had a little game yesterday against the Red Wings of Detroit, had a 2 nothing victory. But the greatness was uh, – make sure I say his name right here – Zach Foucault. Foucault? I don't know. 
Anyway, he's the I'm first. To bleep that out. Huh? That sound like you're cursing. I'm about to bleep that out. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> oh, hey. So anyway, uh, first goaltender in Caps history to post a shutout in his NHL debut. 21 shots. And uh, got a goal from Orloff and got a goal from Lars Eller. So we got some vets, but really we're, we're missing Oshi. We're missing Vitek Vanacek. Backstrom hasn't come back yet. Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's been pretty good actually <laughs> getting wins and playing the way we have, you know, we I think we finally got an overtime win a few games ago. So that was good. Ah, what were we like? Oh, and three before that and overtime. No, no, no. Um, no, we have not won an overtime game yet. Begging your pardon. Oh, We've got a big win against the Sabres, 5-3. Put up a lot of we goals. We're still 0-4 <laughs> overtime games. Um, yep. Yeah, it's, it's wild that the Caps have remained as successful as they've been. Um, right now, what are they, 7-2-4? So they only took four – I mean, two L's in the regulation so far. Um, yeah. Um, like, it's just it's amazing how – before this season, that one side of Leon Sisters, um organization, the Wizards, looked so out of place and out of position a lot. And the Cats were like the model NHL team for like 15 years. And now, um, now that the Wizards are seeing they're getting their act together and the Cats got their act together, like, Seventh Street going to be crazy this season, it feels like. But um, bringing it back to the Caps, though, it, I really, really hope they could find a way to, like, be competitive this entire season. Uh, how long did Ovi resign for? Was it two years or one? I believe it was more than one year. Okay. I'm going to look this up because I'm pretty sure the game plan was uh, to, um, you know, cap for life. So let's see here. Uh, finishes NHL career as a member of the Washington Capitals. Five years, four hundred. I mean, excuse me, yeah, five year, forty-seven point five million. I almost said four hundred. That would have been insane. Um, five, yeah, five yeah. year, forty-seven point five million dollar contract. When did he sign up? That was this year, right? Yes. So that would what? be July twenty-seventh, twenty twenty-one. What? That's You're- wow. So that that even strengthens what I was about to say. You know how late in the player's career they start to slow down and like there's just like an afterthought. How vicious would it be if this man Ovi went like on a 22 year um, play a uh, cup chase and like won two or three of them things and retired at the top of his game? Like imagine if he was if he can go out like Brady would have went out had he retired this season, except for he never left the uh, Patriots. Like, that's the type of career I would love for Ovechkin. Like, when he hangs it up, I want it to be, like, a spectacular ending. Like, when he when he retires, I'm like, man, I can't believe we're not going to see this anymore. Like, one of those type things. Because dude is a beast and he's still cooking. Like, I was 16 when this man came in the league. 32 now, bro. <laughs> Yeah, we we've been extremely fortunate to have a icon like not just oh this person's elite face of the franchise. This person is in many ways one of the faces of the game. You know, you look at the NFL and they always market quarterbacks. You get the occasional defensive player or wide receiver, running back, what have you that you know gets ahead, but usually what was it was Brady, Breeze, Manning, Rogers, right? Forever. Roethlisberger gets sprinkled in there, a few other guys. It was always that, right? You know, you throw Ray Lewis in there. It's been Ovechkin, Crosby, Patrick Kane. Um, there's a few other uh, – Lundquist, the goalie. You had some guys like that. Oh, you didn't say Crosby? <laughs> I said Crosby. Oh, I, I didn't hear you. My bad. Yeah, that was the second guy I said. Because um, that's kind of how it's been. Like, Crosby, a little bit more of a finesse uh, passing player who can score. Mm-hmm. Kind of bad mouth Crosby, even though I can't stand him. But Ovechkin is just 
dynamic, just just explosive, physical. Yeah, he, he total package pretty much because he can set guys up. It's just he's so good at scoring. Like, why would he not score? Because that's what his team needs him to do. Right. Um, so yeah, it's, it's good that they're um, starting their season off hot too. Like, it's wild that the Wizards and Caps are having this nice start to the season. Um, I can't think of the last time it happened for both teams at once where they started off pretty well. Like, we're talking yeah. in a combined, what, 11 plus 13? In a combined 24 games, these mammals won 13 games? No, um, I'm sorry, 15 games. So, hey, and only lost five, for real. With four yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> the level of excitement around Capital One is uh, going to be monumental. Is that what we're saying there? Nice. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, we're we're excited about their future, and hopefully, they can have successful seasons. Um, and in the second segment, I want to talk a little, a lot of stuff, <laughs> like just straight controversy after controversy after controversy. Eddie and Mike. Huh. I said, get your tinfoil hats on. Man, tinfoil hats. Um, Burn some sage. <laughs> right. Like, it's a lot. But, um, yeah, the first topic, I mean, the next topic is a doozy. So we'll be right back. Let us get together for that. Welcome back, everybody. Eddie and Mike show. Going to hit that controversial slash conspiracy segment for you. So we're going to jump right into it. PSG's Aminata Diallo was suspected of planning and uh, financing an attack on her teammate, Kiera Hamarori. Now, I'm a, so sorry if I mispronounced those names. I'm more than positive I did. Uh, but here's the thing. They play the same position. They both play for PSG. So this was around November 4th. Um, so two guys approach uh, this, this girl, Kiera Hamarori. They approach her home. And they attack her, and they're they're hitting her leg specifically. And it was thought that this girl Diallo, who plays the same position, was the one who did it. Now, right now, they're saying that she was. The article says she's released from police custody on Thursday night after being questioned in connection with the assault on her teammate. Um, she had been arrested. Uh, in retali- in relation to the assault on her fellow PSG midfielder that took place, as I said, November 4th. Uh, in a statement, PSG says the club continues to support its players to allow them to overcome this ordeal as soon as possible. Uh, Paris Saint-Germain reiterates its confidence in the justice system to shed full light on the events. And the club wants to thank everyone for showing restraint and respecting the presumption of innocence as well as the privacy of the team. So... They're saying it was masked men and they caught her actually as she was getting out of a ride to her home. Um, so my guess is maybe she was just out and about and they followed her. Now the crazy thing is I had seen this and hadn't had a chance to read the article. And this is why it's always good to like, you know, check and read. I saw it and I saw the headline and I instantly thought that, the roles were reversed and I'm going to tell you why. And for shame, I guess, I don't know. So the girl who was attacked, Kiera Hamarori, Hamarui, Hamarui, again, so sorry, pretty much looks like a white woman, blonde hair. Now you get a closer look. I don't want to play this game, but doesn't look totally white, but white enough. I don't know, man. If that sounds messed up, I apologize. I'm really not trying to sound messed up, but let's just, you know. If somebody take offense to it, screw them. Yeah. So, and Diallo is a darker-skinned woman. Uh, right. You know, African-American, or excuse me. I have to say, I don't know about all that. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> trying to be politically correct here, man. Y'all got me on the hot seat. Anyway, Diallo is a black woman. Let's just say it like that. <laughs> and I, I had thought the white woman had the black woman attacked. And they're saying that it was alleged to be the other way around. But again, Diallo has been released. So it reeks of Nancy Kerrigan and Tanya Harding. Right. For those of you who don't remember that. But that was sort of an open shut case. Like everybody kind of had a had an idea that it was Tanya Harding or that she had something to do with it. And uh, I don't think it took long to kind of just put all that together and arrest her and her fiance, boyfriend, husband, whatever. So it's crazy out there, man, because there's a guy that plays for my team who's involved in some kind of scandal. I don't know all of the details, but allegedly uh, Kareem Benzema mm-hmm. who, uh, has a teammate, I want to say his last name is Valbuena. I know I realize that doesn't sound French, but one of them has uh, like a tape of them with a woman and this is evidence of cheating or something like that. Mm. And so kind of shady that they're doing it to each other, but that's out there. I don't know if this is the norm in European soccer behavior or what, but uh, yeah. That's mine. So, that, like people, people talk about the NFL and their like stuff or whatever. But, bruh, the, the football overseas. When I say football, I mean soccer overseas. It gets ruthless out that match, boy. My goodness, the racism alone is enough to like blow your mind. But when you like think about the gambling and the gangs and. Yeah, it just get like stadium be on fire. Like, what the hell is going on out there? <laughs> you remember the Cleveland Browns game, and it's the reason why they started making sure all bottles served plastic. plastic. Yeah, Browns game, everybody was throwing their glass bottles. Right, that is like much more the norm for football in terms of just throwing stuff on the field, people rushing the field. Yeah, I think like college but like adults who should know better you know what i'm saying like college like you're supposed to kind of do that a little bit you storm the field storm the court as long as you don't break anything or hurt anybody like it's 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 wild out there but it's definitely wild in america still (laughs) um sort of breaking news i guess okay You know what I'm saying? The beep, 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 Hopefully, this can lead to Snyder selling the team. I like where your head is at because I was thinking the same thing. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Do you want to do karate in the garage? Yep. Shut up, man. (laughs) But no, seriously, hopefully it can lead to Snyder selling the team. But oh, no, it it don't have too many legs, I guess, because even in a CNN article, after they said that Gruden was suing them, the very next sentence was grew and retired. I mean, I resigned his position. So it's like, if you were really that innocent, would you would have resigned? I don't know. <laughs> so I don't know, but hopefully we can get lucky. Like everybody else in the city seems to get lucky with their, um, the way they escape their perceived curses. <laughs> Washington, like I think, you, I thought it was the name maybe. But I think it's Snyder. I really think it's Snyder. But look, though, even before he brought the team, we were kind of some trash, bro. Like, people don't like to admit it, but even before that Bama (laughs) brought it in 99, we were, like, trending downward. Yes, but let's think about it like this, right? For the longest time, he had too much of his thumbprint, whatever you want, on everything – and 
there is a history, there, there is a common denominator. <laughs> so while I don't disagree with what you're saying, you, you, it's kind of like the Sean Taylor thing, right? You saw enough to say, you know, this guy was only going to keep getting better. Could he have gotten injured? Of course. Of course he could have. It comes with the territory. But, again, there's, there's enough of a history there. There's enough of a, a – uh, um, there's enough there for you to see that, like, this is what was happening and that the same holds true with Snyder. So it, you, you got to believe that the Cooks or whoever it was that would have been the owner – would have stayed out of the business and let the coach be the coach. And maybe we would have kept Marty for a while. Maybe uh, who knows whoever the coach would have been. That's what I was about to say. It would have been different. He came, the reason, like, I agree with you even before you said that I agree with you, but what, what proves your point even further is that when he did buy the team in 99, he came in and destroyed it. (laughs) <laughs> like he came in and destroyed it when um he he signed he forced him to sign Jeff George when Brad Johnson was coming off a near MVP season and um the the um, team they just had almost made it to the NFC championship game. He just came and destroyed it. Got lucky with Marty Schottenheimer and then destroyed that. <laughs> yeah. And we'll just then just like honestly, his first we should have known with his first three coaching, um, three out of four coaching hires that he destroyed when they were actually doing well. We should have known, like, after Gibbs, too, that things were about to get pretty bad around here. Yeah. Yeah, couldn't agree more. But, uh, you know, speaking of things getting pretty bad, uh, listeners, you guys all know this if you see it. I don't know if it's to sell more books but Scottie Pippen is – he's got a lighter and he's got a big old tank of gasoline and he's on an island and he is burning every bridge. I mean, he he's talking about Mike in the last dance and saying, oh, you know, you know, Mike played with the flu. Uh, uh, I played with back spasms. Nobody says the back spasm game. Nobody says that. And then he, he talks about his time with the Houston Rockets, which is post – Jordan after what is that the second third retirement second retirement second yeah second because he went to the Houston Rockets with uh Barkley and um uh what's my man Clyde Drexler and Akeem Olajuwon and he just you know I don't know that he touched on Clyde too much I don't know if they're buddies but he he went right out he said you know I didn't realize how much Hakeem had diminished in the game and I didn't realize how uh what a lack of commitment Chuck had. And it's just like, God, this guy is just going after everybody. But I guess controversy sells. I mean, I don't, does he need love? Does he need a hug? Does he not remember he's one of the 50 greatest all-time NBA players? And not he's only, bad. like, not only top 50, but, like, high on the list, too. Like, who's going to say that Scotty is in the top 30 player of all time and be serious Everybody. Every all the LeBron fans love to bring up that Jordan didn't win a title till Scotty got there. Right. Nobody, nobody, nobody devalues Scotty. I I don't know what it is, man. I don't know, if, you know, because I know, I, I don't know if it's his all of his kids with this woman, but the one woman he was with, she's kind of like a Kardashian, and she's out and about, so that might mess with him. I don't know. Look, look it up, y'all. Think I'm lying. You know, ask ask your ask your wives or your significant. No, I, and I was about to bring it up actually, because um, it's known like she's out there, she's dating college guys and stuff like that. Like, like she, Scotty Pippen Jr. It all, it all started with Future. Like that was the one that kind of exploded it all. And like, oh. it, some of the dudes were like, "Oh, we see why." Um, I think her name was Laura. We see why Laura stepped out on him now. He's a punk or gump or whatever. Like, I'm not going to speak on all that. But what I will say is that, um, yeah, it's a weak move. Like, what are you doing, bro? Like, sell your book. Don't, don't throw anybody under the table. You're Scotty Pippen. Like, the Bama's just been tripping lately, talking about um, he didn't get a dime for the last dance documentary. 
I'm like, bro, you Scotty Pippen. They needed you. You could have like told them, kick me off a, a couple of percentages of yeah. revenue or something. Like they they couldn't have done it without you. <laughs> like real talk. And right. the same like what happened with this contract negotiation um back in the day. Like you start to see now, like um yes, dude is off when it comes to common sense, to be honest with you. Like I don't think he I don't think he gets it. And it's sad that um we're saying to play out like this, but I mean it is what it is. Is what it is indeed. And there's no better way than to describe our last segment, but it is what it is in regards to the Washington football team. That's the attitude. It's very, very mole, very mum. Any other sort of words like that you want to throw in there? Right. So, week 10 in the NFL, the Washington football team is taking on the reigning defending Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Buccaneers. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Hey, um, they are banged up a little, but I don't know if it's going to matter pretty much because we're just as banged up. Um, I hear Wes Schweitzer, he's out for a little bit longer than expected. Logan Thomas isn't coming back next week. Curtis Samuel's still out. Um, I, hear William, there. <laughs> I hear William Jackson was still banged up. Uh, Montez, Montez Sweat's still dealing with the jaw injury, so he's probably out for like four more weeks. Um, yeah, and then the team itself, the ones that are playing, um, it feels like this can be a make-or-break game. Like, they're coming off a bye, as well as Tampa. Um, who knows? Like, that, I expect them to get their head stumped. <laughs> like, like, just looking at both teams, no way I would pick Washington to beat the Bucks. Hold your thoughts on that for the pick em. Check out Eddie and Mike. Pick them. <laughs> Same as the podcast, available on all platforms so yeah total agreements you expect them to just get their teeth kicked in and just beat like they stole something they are uh only projected at a 22 percent chance of winning with the tampa bay brady's projected to be a 77.9 percent uh win 0.1 percent tie something like that <laughs> High is uh no point point two. I don't understand that math. Huh? I'm looking at the ESPN map. You can look at it right here. What? Oh nah. How? I don't know. I'm trying to get it all in one frame. No, I see uh, it. Oh, so anyway, oh. yeah. Go go ahead and 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 peep this. Watch somehow. Washington comes out guns ablazing and and just catches the Buccaneers off guard or just gets a big win somehow and messes up our whole thing where we're climbing that uh, draft pick board <laughs> currently at number five. So I'm, I'm so, 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 so glad you said that because it reminded me of the one thing that I wanted to say on this show. <clears throat> the one thing I wanted to say, if I was a Bucks defender, I am, like, beside myself to play this game. Like, I want to play this game so bad. Because I, if I'm a Bucks defender, I had to hear all freaking offseason about this bum from Old Dominion um, playing well and, and this Heineke and Davin and a game that he lost. We won. It's a very good point. I am. If I was a Bucks player, I'm going to destroy Heineke Sunday. Yeah, I'm never just. I'm I'm now having images of Indomitian Sue picking up 
Taylor Heineke and ripping him into a la Goro from the original Mortal Kombat. Uh, that's the image you have now put into my head. Yeah, I, let, let, let's, uh, let's just go ahead and de- develop Ron Rivera words there. Let's go ahead and develop uh, this game because I've got several Buccaneers on my fantasy team. So and Tom Brady, Mike Evans, and I think I'm going to go O.J. Howard because our linebackers can't cover nothing. You know I, I'm loading Bucks this um, and fan duel this week. Like, why wouldn't I? Yeah, I don't why care if A.B. or um, Godwin is important. Fortnite well, and Evans going to be enough. And and to do you one further, and I heard them talking about this on the radio, and uh, we can kind of theorize quickly if you think about it. Uh, I believe there's about nine teams that are going to probably be in the market for a quarterback. Mm-hmm. So we will need to get up there to get that draft pick. Uh, off the top of my head, looking at Steelers, they're probably going to want to look at a quarterback because Roethlisberger ain't looking good. Dwayne Haskins yeah. out. Houston. You don't know what they're – I mean, Watson is almost definitely out. Um, Let's go NFC West. I think they're good. AFC West, Broncos could probably use one. So, there's three, right? Uh, Who else? Jets, Patriots. Dolphins are kind of unsure at their situation with Tua, right? So, there's four right there. So, we just need five more, right? Lions could maybe throw in there, but golf's contract, so I'll maybe take that one back. Um, let's see. Oh, you could put them in there. <laughs> you could put yeah, the Lions put, in there. You could put the Packers in there, too, if Rodgers bounces, right? You think Love Saints. was that bad for me? No, but I just – I don't know. Well, never know. I'd say the Saints, potentially, because Jameis, you know, on top of being hurt, so – uh, I don't want to keep wasting time trying to think of these names, these teams <laughs> right here. But point is, let's uh, you know this. The hey, suck for luck. Help. Are you gonna say the pause? Suck for luck, nah. right? But um, you, you get what I mean. Let's lose to increase our chances of getting a higher draft pick. Yeah, man. To be honest with y'all, that's about all I got to say about this game and this team right now, because. It's just it's a mess. Like this is how year one should have been, and because we were expecting it to be a little bit better, um, it does bring a downer on talking about these Bama's and all that. So hopefully, they, hopefully they can pull off the W on Sunday. But are we expecting them to? No. Like, which, and if they did, they'll lose to the Panthers the following week. Cam would throw like, oh, bruh, that's what we needed to talk about. Cam what? Newton is back with Cam, the Panthers. Cam's going uh, to beat up on us now? Yeah, Cam, the fact that he's even back with the Panthers is kind of wild. Um, that could have been a topic on his own. But, yeah, Cam is back on the Panthers. Cam Newton, he signed a um, contract for the rest of the season, I think. Um, Sam Darnold, he has a – Incomplete fact fracture. <laughs> you see the memes that was like he can't even complete the fracture, bro. Internet <laughs> is like no chill. <laughs> um, and speaking of that, let's let's keep it going with the humor. There are uh, some memes, if you will, some maymays to say it like Bryce Harper, and it's a picture of Cam Newton and Robbie Anderson. Oh yeah, so absolutely. both these guys have uh, some uniquely shaped dreads, if I could word it that way. I'm Florida dreads. I'm Florida roster dreads. Yeah, they their their dreads are quite unique. And so uh someone titled it uh these I'm gonna call these guys the Island Boys. Uh you know, the viral sensation. The so, Island Boys that was humorous. I can't believe that they got that they got a little famous. I'm like, come on, really? Is this where we're stooping to? Yeah. But speaking of memes, the other funny meme was the um, Thanos meme that was like, um, all your worries about your failures or whatever has led you back to me. And um, they got Cam Newton's face instead of Thanos. Oh, yeah, that's worry. good. That's a good one. But um, It's true. Because he's replacing his replacements, replacements, replacement. Right. That makes sense. 
right? Like, it's a lot. So, epic film on the Panthers bottom part. Uh, they, def- they definitely should have done something else other than sign Cam, but there I mean, maybe McCaffrey come in there and run some triple option type stuff. And honestly, I don't. I don't think they are. If they're not in the wild card right now, they're not that far out. No, the NFC South is kind of wide open, in my opinion. You know, between Falcons, uh, Saints, Panthers. Who else is in that division? Bucks. Oh yeah, so probably Bucks are going to lead that division, but then after that, it's up for grabs. At least I would think. Found the playoff picture. Where's the Panthers? But yeah, they they might come make a little run. The NFC ain't really it's top heavy, so like the first couple of teams might um get in, but after that after the I would say you could pin you could put the um Bucks, Packers, and Rams and Penn. Yep. Everybody else, I don't know, bro. It's a fight. Oh, Cowboys. I'm sorry. Put them in the pen too. Even though they just lost last week, they're still they're still gonna win the East. Like Washington fans, don't even, don't get it twisted. <laughs> like, no, you're not coming back. Um, and if it if they did blow the league, believe me, it's not going to be us that catches them. Like straight up. Uh. Yeah, they are. No, they're they're not. They're a game. They're half a game out of the last playoff spots. Guess who is in the last playoff spot right now? Dallas. No, the Falcons. Oh my! Surprisingly, life. they're four and four. I don't think how they lost since they um lost to Washington. It feels like they haven't. Give me just a second here. All right, so oh, no, they lost at the today. Panthers. No, so they beat the Jets, they beat the Dolphins, they lost to the Panthers, and they just beat the Saints by two. Oh, play the Cowboys on Sunday. Whoa, could be an interesting game. Cowboys not going to have Tyron Smith. Zeke is uh, dealing with that knee contusion thing. Uh, mm. You, know, you got to wonder how healthy Dak is, even though he missed last week. Very, so, very interesting. What's the Cowboys record? Six and two? Yeah. But let's save that for the Pick'em. Uh, again, check out the Pick'em show. It's Eddie and Mike. Uh, we love you guys, man. Peace.